It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Bunch of media gigs, boatload of podcasts. Michael Janitti from Track was awesome on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Really interesting looking at the quarterback contract conundrums this offseason, whether it's guys like Russell Wilson and Stafford or Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. Encourage you to check that out. You can check me out on social at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. By the way, Ross Tucker Pod has a Facebook page. For those of you that are on Facebook, that's awesome. I don't really post clips very often on my Facebook page, so it's nice that we have a, a, a an official Facebook page of the show now, Ross Tucker Pod, which is awesome. Um, almost as awesome as Joe Dolan, who is the premier fantasy analyst out there. Google it. Just Google fantasy analyst rankings. Over the last five years, 10 years, doesn't matter. At FG underscore Dolan is his social handle. He's one of the studs over at fantasypoints.com where you can and should use the code 22FEAST to get a discount. Hey, maybe you get a head start on the draft. Maybe you just want to cram this week because you're in the championship, Joe. A lot of people having their championships this week. You should be. Weird week. Weird week. Let's start with Thursday night. Cowboys against the Titans, who have literally nothing to play for, the Tennessee Titans. in this Correct. Game. And Derrick Henry's dealing with a hip injury. So here's the deal with the Titans. If you're a fantasy player, you've probably already heard this, by the way. But if you're a fantasy player, it needs to be reiterated. It doesn't matter if the Titans win this game by 100. It doesn't matter if they lose this game by 100. They still need to beat the Jaguars next week to win the AFC South. So my question is, if Derrick Henry's banged up, why would they play him this week? Maybe he does. He practiced in a limited fashion. He said, oh, Eddie, whatever we do, I'll be ready. I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, I don't know if he maybe he goes out and he gets five carries just to stay fresh, and then they take him out of the game. I would not be counting on Derrick Henry if I have him in my fantasy championship. And unfortunately, that's just the way the ball bounces on some of these things. Next week is going to be uh, potentially chaos for us. We, you know Figuring out all the playoff scenarios in your head right now, probably a futile exercise, but the one thing we do know is the Titans have nothing to play for this week. Next week is for all the marbles, the whole schmear. This week, no. Uh, Dallas is a 10-point favorite, and it's probably not enough. The question just becomes, how much does Dallas need to play in this one? Dallas is, you know, I know they had the big win, but almost certainly locked into the five seed in the NFC. The Eagles, by the way, and we'll get to them, they have to win one of their final two games, and they might get a Giants team in Week 18 that has literally nothing to play for. We'll talk about that later. But um, the Cowboys, uh, look, Tennessee's a pass-funnel defense. We know that. Um, I would expect CeeDee Lamb to come in, get some work done, and then maybe uh, ride off into the sunset in this game. Arizona is at Atlanta. I haven't even seen her. Are we going to get McSorley again, or is Cole McCoy back? Um, we'll probably learn more today. 
But if you have DeAndre Hopkins in your fantasy championship, good Lord. Uh, good Lord, Lori, do you need uh, Colt McCoy back? Ten targets. One catch. Four yards for DeAndre Hopkins in that game. Oh, my Lanta. Um, and here's the other problem. If the Even if Colt McCoy plays in this game, DeAndre Hopkins could catch a shadow from A.J. Terrell. Well, our guys at Fantasy Points Data do chart these things. And A.J. Terrell is a shadow corner. He will shadow receivers. There's only a handful of them in the NFL these days, but he will do it. Um, since Michael Thomas in week one, remember Michael Thomas? He put two touchdowns on A.J. Terrell in week one. The young corner since then has five, shadowed five different receivers per fantasy points data at a clip of 68% of their routes or higher. D.K. Metcalf, who had two catches for 19 yards on eight targets in his coverage. Amari Cooper, who had one catch for nine yards on three targets in his coverage. Mike Evans, who had four catches for 81 yards on six targets in his coverage. Terry McLaurin, who had one catch for three yards on two targets in his coverage. And Chris Olave, who had no catches on one target in A.J. Terrell's coverage. Terrell has almost entirely shut down his shadows this year. Trace McSorley shut DeAndre Hopkins down last week. So that's a potential problem. If McSorley plays, I think we're lighting the Dorch torch, Ross. Dorch just continues to produce whenever he gets opportunities to play. Um, That would be a huge, huge factor if indeed Trace McSorley has to play, and maybe even if Colt McCoy plays in this game. Wow. Interesting. What about Atlanta on offense? Oh, they stink. Uh, Tyler Algier is probably the most interesting guy here. Um, Atlanta, who did they even play last week? That was one of the, uh, the, those are one of those teams that has kind of just completely gone out of my mind. Oh, they played the Ravens last week. Tyler Algier continues to be their lead back. He even added four for 43 um, receiving in that game, which was surprising. Arthur Smith talking up Tyler Algier. I love the way he finishes runs. And at the very least, Desmond Ritter looked like he somewhat belonged in that game. Um, And Drake London has been their best receiver under Desmond Ritter. He had seven catches for 96 yards against the Ravens. So Drake London's on the wide receiver three radar. Although he hasn't really, for teams that have advanced to the championship, if they have Drake London on him, he's probably been riding the pine for much of the time. What about um, as we get to Chicago and Detroit, Chicago says they're playing their guys. Yeah, I mean, give give Justin Fields uh, a little bit more time, a little bit more experience. By the way, the total in this game, 52. It's the highest on the slate. Um, the, the key for Detroit here um, is to watch the situation with their backfield. Jamal Williams got dinged up late in the game uh, last week in that embarrassing loss to the Panthers. Um, and... There is a possibility that Jamal Williams can't go this week. So does it become a blow-up spot for DeAndre Swift? This is a bear defense that hemorrhaged fantasy points last week to the uh, the Buffalo running backs. Uh, uh, Devin Singletary ran for over 100 yards in a touchdown. James Cook ran for 99 yards in a touchdown. So this is a potential DeAndre Swift championship blow-up spot, especially if Jamal Williams can't play. Now, would if DeAndre Swift does, if Jamal Williams doesn't go, do I expect Justin Jackson to be involved? Of course I do. Maybe he's a wing and a prayer type of guy, but that is a situation to monitor. And with this total at 52, there are going to be a lot, and I mean a lot, 
of fantasy championship teams, Ross. And this is always, you know, going back, look, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, these kind of guys have indeed at points. Lamar Jackson broke in the, fan, the quarterback position for fantasy. But there will always be two or three guys a year who you can pick up off the waiver wire. There are going to be a ton of fantasy championship teams that have Jared Goff on them. A ton. Ross, Lamar Jackson could well play this week, okay? In my dynasty league, my our fantasy points staff dynasty, last year, Dolan foolishly traded two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson in that league. I thought it was the final final piece to put me over the top. Even if Lamar Jackson plays this week, I'm starting Jared Goff over him. Even if he plays this week. I'm going with the guy who's got the matchup, who's got who's got the recent run of form. I'm playing Jared Goff for my fantasy championships, and I expect him to do well. I don't expect, by the way, Lamar Jackson to play. We'll, we'll see. Even if he um, does play, I'm starting Goff. So it does, it, it's, it's, it's moot for me at that point. Chicago offensively, Joe? Justin Fields, David Montgomery. I mean, Fields. So if Fields isn't running, you're getting nothing out of him. He was terrible against the Bills. They have no weapons whatsoever. Um, Ross, I know, and, and this is just going to, to something that you, you look to offseason mode at this point. The Bears are currently surrendering the 33rd pick in the draft for Chase Claypool. Yeah, he's given them nothing. And is in the, by the way, is in the final year of his rookie contract next year. Brutal. I mean, it, that that very well could be, I mean, they have a shot to, 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 to be the worst team in the league this year. That could be the 32nd pick in the draft. Giving up essentially a first round pick for Chase Claypool. Yikes. Um, that not, I know we criticized Ryan Poles this offseason and he had a lot of work to do. Okay. I'm not saying he should be fired. I know we criticized him this offseason for saying they didn't get Justin Fields weapons, but like, not like that, man. Not like that. Trade like a fifth round pick for like Zach Pascal or something would have been a lot better. Um, no, uh, just uh, brutal trade. Justin Fields, you play him. Look, this total is super high. And David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, the Lions who had been absolutely shutting down run games got in embarrassed by the Panthers last week. Ross, did you see that tape? What happened to them? Um, totally dominated. I tell you what, the the Panthers have some good run blockers. That they're, they're like tight end fullback dude, Tommy Tremble is a stud. Um, Iquanu um still needs a little work in pass protection, but he's a difference maker a as a run blocker. It's pretty awesome actually, unless you won so, the Lions to win. Do you remember what Greg Cosell said about Tommy Tremble? But I know this is a fantasy podcast. Do you remember what he said about Tommy Tremble when he came out of Notre Dame? It was something funny, but I forget. It was like, he, as a blocker, he looks to melt the face mask of the guy he's blocking. Yeah. It looks like it's uh, it's it's working out for Carolina. Anyway, that is, that's what happened to the Lions. They uh, Ross, the, the scientific term is they got their asses kicked physically Correct. by the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if the Bears have that capability, but I'm willing to start David Montgomery in case they do. Here's a wild game, Joe. The Jaguars, for whom the game doesn't matter, against the Texans, who likely don't want to win another game and lose the number one overall pick. Strange game, Jags-Texans. Although, I'm sure Doug Peterson wants a winning record, wants to win. Let me throw this out there. First and foremost, don't tell Davis Mills to lose this game. 
<laughs> like, like, hey, Davis, help us get Bryce Young. No, guys, no. I don't want to help you get Bryce Young. Um, So, Ross, it can – there is like – there's like a hit on 16 three times and get the 21 scenario for the Jaguars. And let me lay it out to you. If the Jaguars win this week, Miami loses out, the Jets need to lose this week – but beat Miami in week 18. The Steelers need to lose once and the Patriots need to win this week, but lose in week 18 against the bills. The Jaguars can get in as a wild card, even if they lose to the Titans next week. So there needs to be like, like again, hit on 16, three times and, and get uh and get two twos and an ace and they can get in. Um, I'm not sure that that's highly likely, but they can still happen. It can still happen. So if I had to guess, I guess the Jaguars would play to win in this game. The problem for the Jaguars is earlier this season, now this was back in week five, and Trevor Lawrence was not even playing the same sport in week five as he's playing right now. So please take that with a grain of salt. But the Texan defense against the pass has been legitimately good. It can be argued that Lawrence played his worst game of the season back in week five. He threw a couple of picks. Uh, against against the, the Texans in an embarrassing loss. The Jaguars lost to the Texans earlier this year. And in that game, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk combined for three catches for 23 yards on 11 targets. So that's way, uh, again, October, Trevor Lawrence wasn't even playing the same sport that he's playing right now. Just something to note about this matchup. It is a tough draw for those Texan, uh, uh, for those Jaguar wide receivers. Houston? Um, forget about the backfield. The only player you can even consider in this matchup is Brandon Cooks, who is probably looking to throw some decent tape out there, maybe for a team to trade for him this offseason. That's it. Uh, Houston, Houston's almost entirely a cross-off team for me. Let's go to Denver at Kansas City. Speaking of cross-off teams for me, um, at the very least, Jerry Judy is really starting to come on as Russell Wilson's guy. But, I mean... Uh, maybe Denver gets the post coach firing bump here, but in a season of terrible performances, Russell Wilson's coming off his worst. In my opinion, he was so bad on Christmas. I, I mean, it's just, it, it's just totally broken at this point. I mean, bad in that Cortland Sutton's showing him up on the field. Um, you've got offensive linemen fighting the backup quarterback. Ross, did that ever happen to you? Did the backup... I don't remember that being the backup quarterback. No, no. Did the I, I mean that the starting if the starting quarterback comes over, I'm sure you've gotten a a, a a word or two from a starting quarterback at some point. Yes, mm-hmm. I've just never seen the backup like that where it like got heated. I would love to know what that exchange was. I mean, it's Brett Rippin sticking up for a guy in his room, and I I mean it it shows you all the dysfunction and. You know, in, in ways I feel bad for Nathaniel Hackett. Like, I, I, Andrew Brand has said Hackett was very clearly hired with the intention of bringing Aaron Rodgers to town. And I know Rodgers has had his struggles this year, but he still looks like a functional NFL quarterback, um, which is, is more than we can say about Wilson at this stage. But look, Denver's a 13-point underdog at this in this game. A couple weeks ago, Wilson might have played his best game of the season. Um, and and still, they couldn't they couldn't get it done. Uh, against against the Chiefs, um, 
like for the Broncos, I mean, Latavius Murray played his lowest snap share in weeks last week. He was coming into the game hurt. They got their butts whipped. So obviously Latavius Murray is working in and out of the lineup. Cortland Sutton's a wide receiver four. Dulcich got a touchdown. Yay. He's like a low end tight end streamer for me. Jerry Judy's kind of a must start for me. Um, just because he's finally started to show some signs of life here. But otherwise, Denver is a team that 13-point underdog in Week 17, uh, kind of a, ta- uh, a, a, a cross-off team for me. Kansas City? So Kansas City, um, the thing about the Chiefs here is the last time these two teams played, the Broncos' defense did have Mahomes on the ropes. I mean, he threw for 352 and three touchdowns, but he also chucked three picks. And if not for Jalen Hurts getting injured, um, that might have been the, the 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 game that kind of wrapped it up, wrapped up the MVP. Now Mahomes is once again the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite, um, and justifiably so. But of Patrick Mahomes' 28 completions in that game, only 11 went to wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster had nine of them. So really, that's the only wide receiver I think you can consider in this matchup for them. Obviously, you're playing Kelsey. And Jarek McKinnon, though his run as the overall RB1 ended last week, he still got in the box. He had over 100 receiving yards against the uh, the Broncos the last time out. I'm still going back to the well on Jarek McKinnon in this matchup. Dolphins are at the Patriots. I tend to doubt that we see Tua Tungavailoa, Joe. I doubt we see Tua this week, and I don't know if we'll see him again this season. I mean, at some point, like, look, I understand all the, all the hand-wringing about the NFL, oh, blah, 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 player safety, blah, blah. You know what else the NFL gives a crap about, maybe above all, is optics. What does it say if Tua now – we come out and, and – um, I was I was working out during the second half of that football game. I was getting a workout in. And my father-in-law was sitting on the couch and, and I come out and he said, he, he said, I don't know what Tua was looking at. Like he threw three bad interceptions and he's like, this guy didn't look like a functional NFL quarterback. Then it turns out he was probably playing the second half with a concussion. I mean, I don't know how that can happen. And then the NFL is like, all right, third concussion this year. You know what? Let's throw him out there. I don't think it's going to happen. And I know Miami season's on the line. Well, guess what? You probably have a much better shot of winning and not destroying somebody's life if Teddy Bridgewater is out there uh, at quarterback. And and look, Teddy is a certain kind of player. The one thing we do know is Teddy can put this ball in the hands in the short to intermediate area of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and those guys can do their thing. You know, I'd much rather see Teddy out there than a concussed Tua, uh, even from a fantasy perspective. Not, not, not Most certainly from a human perspective, but even from a fantasy perspective, I'd rather see Teddy out there uh, than Tua. The Dolphins are underdogs in this game against the Patriots. And then on the Patriots side of things, look, we just talked about the Russell Wilson deal um, with, with Brett Rippon coming over and yelling at the offensive line. Ross, is Mac Jones acting like a petulant child to you? Like, what is going on there? Like, Yeah, I don't know. I can't stand watching him. Uh, I mean, he's first and foremost – He's been bad. Like, uh, and and maybe the offense is to blame. They don't have great receivers. The run game was non-existent against Cincinnati, as good as Ramondre Stevenson has been this year. I mean, this Patriots team is a tough watch. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, you got to play him. 
I think Jacoby Myers is a viable wide receiver three. The Dolphins secondary is pretty good. Their slot corner, Cater Kohu, I mean, what a fine this young guy has been for them. But, I mean, if you bench every Patriot but Ramondre Stevenson, you're not going to get an argument from me. Let's talk Colts-Giants, Joe. The Colts and are, are in full-on tank mode here. Full-on tank mode. They're six-point underdogs. Foles was terrible. I, I mean, I think you could put prime Peyton Manning in that offense, and it still wouldn't function just the way things are going right now. Um, we did The one thing we got about the Colts is Zach Moss is clearly their lead back now. I mean, he handled 12 of 13 running back carries in that game. Um, He played 68% of the offensive snaps. And we do know that the Giants have been a great matchup. As a matter of fact, per Fantasy Points data, the Indianapolis Colts have the best run grade of the entire week. So I think uh, Zach Moss is a viable play this week. And maybe Michael Pittman is a wide receiver three. But the Indianapolis Colts, they are looking to get through this season, make a new coaching hire, draft a new quarterback, and head into the future. Although I don't know if Ursay wants the new quarterback to be that, that all that good because Ursay wants to draft Arch Manning in three years. So let, 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 let's hold it over for uh, for a couple of years, and then I guarantee you, barring like uh, barring like them getting like Anthony Richardson and him turning into an absolute the new Cam Newton. I think I think Ursay's going to try everything to try to get Arch Manning in a, in a Colts uniform in three years. That's just a, a knowing the way Ursay works. I think that's pretty obvious. But for me, this is Zach Moss. This is Michael Pittman. Shut it down. Nick Foles is starting again. Nick Foles was not very good uh, on Monday night against the Chargers. It goes without saying. Giants. Okay, so here is the situation that I was alluding to earlier. The Giants can clinch a playoff spot with this game. If they lock it in, they can't be the five seed. Dallas is pretty much, barring a Philly collapse, Dallas is pretty much locked into the five seed in the AFC, in the NFC. So the Giants can come out. They, they can they can do everything in this game. I know they have some injuries, but you do everything in your power. Oh, there go the girls. You do everything in your power if you're the Giants to win this game against a bad opponent, a team that you should beat. And then the Giants can clinch themselves a mini-buy and rest everybody against Philadelphia next week. And I think that's what's going to happen. That's the most likely outcome here. Um, It's a great matchup for Saquon Barkley. It is a glorious draw. And remember, a couple of weeks ago with Saquon Barkley, we're like, man, that neck injury, that could knock him out. And then all of a sudden, he's come back and he's had two great games. Uh, Week 16 against the Vikings, I mean, it wasn't Saquon's fault the Giants lost that game. He did everything he could. 14 carries, 84 yards. He had the long touchdown run. Eight catches and 49 yards receiving and 10 targets. It was the first time since week eight of 2019 that Saquon had either eight catches or 10 targets in a football game. So he is playing vintage Saquon football. And there is one more name that I want you to look at in this game. I think he is a viable starter this week. Barring the Colts rushing back slot cornerback Kenny Moore for no reason whatsoever. They also just put another starter, Isaiah Rogers, on IR, by the way, with a foot injury. Richie James. James has three or more catches and 41 yards or more in five of his last six games. He has a touchdown in three of those contests. Last week, he had eight catches for 90 yards in a glorious matchup with the Vikings. It gives him 13 or more fantasy points in four of his last six games. And since Kenny Moore went down, the Colts have been hemorrhaging production out of the slot. 
Over the last two games, they have allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game above season average to opposing slot receivers. Keenan Allen crushed them. You saw K.J. Osborne crush them. I think Richie James has a big game in this one. Let's move on to the Saints and the Eagles. Recording this Wednesday at 9.54 a.m., we do not know who the quarterback will be for the Philadelphia Eagles at this point. Do you have a read on that situation? I really don't. I think it's no. going to I mean, I know what I would do, but I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I'm going to say 60-40, it's Hurts right now. But Gardner I Mitchell, would go the opposite. Okay. Gardner I would not- say 60-40 Minshew just because of their – yeah, I'm just thinking about the way they are in the preseason and stuff. Yeah. Like they're very um, – Conservative. Conservative, I would say, with rest and health. Yeah, so the, the 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 complicating matter is obviously the fact that they still need to win a game. Organizationally, I by the way, I sure as hell don't expect Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew to care about the fact that the Eagles had the same draft pick, and they shouldn't. That shouldn't be a motivating factor for the players. Organizationally, it matters to Howie Roseman. It matters uh, to Jeffrey Lurie. Um, the other complicating matter here is the absence of Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson, Ross, you well know, is the best right tackle in football. Hasn't given up a sack in over two years. The Saints don't have a great pass rush. It's, it's functional. Um, but the, the downgrade from Lane Johnson to Jack Driscoll, as solid a backup as Driscoll is, um, is sizable. Uh, they could, in theory, move Jordan Mailata to right tackle and play Andre Dillard at left. I don't know at this point if I'd do that and make two guys uh, have two new spots. On that the would surprise me. It would surprise you? Yeah, it would surprise yes. me too. Um, but, I mean, obviously, Minshew was not the reason they lost that football game. They had they had some uncharacteristic mistakes. For some reason, they've been scheming up touches for Quez Watkins the last couple of weeks. Quez Watkins is a good player. He's a certain kind of player. He is not somebody you want to throw the ball to on third and five in a contested catch situation across the middle. And I don't know why they've been kind of forcing these things. If you want to do that, put Zach Pascal in the game. Because he's a bigger, more physical receiver. But we do know, look, the Saints, Marshawn Lattimore, I think that guy's been practicing for like three months and hasn't gotten onto the football field. Um, We'll see if he plays this week. Even if he does, he'll be rusty. Advantage A.J. Brown. And all of a sudden, to me, Devontae Smith looks like an alpha receiver. Like, that guy is freaking good. Like, I, I don't know what it's been the last couple weeks with, like, you know, through through his first season and maybe a half, you're like, man, this guy's a really good receiver. But that, you know, really good receiver. Like, the last few weeks, that game against Dallas, he looked like a superstar wide receiver. Like, he is unbelievable. I don't know what you've seen from him, Ron. Playing very, very well. There's so no they, question. They have two big-time receivers. Dallas Goddard is back. Miles Sanders had that bad fumble. Um Look, I, whether it's Hurts or Minshew, I expect the Eagles to get theirs. And if you have these guys, Goddard, Her, uh, Min, uh, A.J. Brown, um, D- Devontae Smith, Hurts or Minshew, you got to start them. I mean, they're going to put up numbers uh, offensively. What about the Saints on offense, Joe? Well, the Eagles now, I, I know like the, the Eagle defense. So Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, is not a very popular man in Philadelphia, and he never has been. Um I don't think giving up a third and 30 is going to be 
is going to be exactly on his resume when he goes for head coaching interviews. Um, but if there is one player on defense outside of like Darius Slay or Josh Sweat, who the Eagles could least afford to lose against Dallas, it, it was Avante Maddox, the slot corner, knowing C.D. Lamb is Dallas's slot receiver. And Dallas, very correctly, went and picked on Josiah Scott, the backup slot corner. Um, uh, Lamb only had one catch in the second half, of course, but it was a touchdown. Um, I think that the Eagle defense will be better this week, and we do well know that the Saints offense doesn't have, first and foremost, it doesn't have a quarterback as good as Dak Prescott. It sure as hell doesn't have a receiver as good as CeeDee Lamb. Um, And that Eagle run defense, uh, Alvin Kamara scoring his first touchdown since week like eight in that game. But that Eagle run defense was the first run defense to hold Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard under a combined 100 rushing yards since week four. So that run defense has really shored up of late. Um, I just think it's a bad matchup for the Saints. Rashid Shahid, maybe you saw the Eagles give up a, a third and 30, and you're like, well, I'm going to get a big play out of Rashid Shahid. All right, sure, maybe. Um, we still don't know the status of Chris Olave. We do know that their slot receiver, Jarvis Landry, is on IR, so I don't expect them to be able to take advantage of, of Josiah Scott the way that the Cowboys did last week. Who do you think they'll put in the slot? Oh God! Let me. Uh, uh, matter of fact, let me. Uh, <laughs> I think it'll be Keith Kirkwood. Uh, That'll be interesting. I don't think anybody's going to be picking up Keith Kirkwood, Ross, uh, for uh, for this. No, week. we can move on. Carolina Tampa Bay is a really juicy game. Actually, one of the best games of the day. Yeah, Carolina whipped the whipped the Lions and their run defense, which had been elite, by the way. Um, they're going to run the football. That's what they're going to do. The, the thing about Deontay Foreman that's been so frustrating, I said, by the way, on this podcast last week that I preferred Chuba Hubbard to Deontay Foreman straight up because of his role in the passing game. I did not expect the Lions run defense to get as dominated as it did. Of course, both guys ran for over 100 yards. The thing that's frustrating about Deontay Foreman, though, is it seems like he runs for either 200 yards or 12 in a game. And there's no in between, and he does nothing in the passing game. So, obviously, there's... Uh, it's hard to trust them, but if you want, if you somehow manage to to get through, and you've got Deontay Foreman on your team, I, I don't blame him if you want to play him here in this game against the uh, against the Buccaneers. I mean, I, I really don't blame you, Deontay Foreman. I have I have such a hard time getting a read on this guy because again, he does nothing in the passing game. He the last time he caught a pass was in Week 14. It was one catch for one yard. In his last eight games, he has three catches for negative one yard. Against the Buccaneers earlier this year, though, he ran for 118 yards. So, yeah, start Deontay Foreman, start DJ Moore, and that's it. But Carolina still controls its own destiny, can get to the playoffs. can And, I mean, I think you can make an argument that Carolina, with its defense and at least that running game, which is elite at times, might be actually a more dangerous out than Tampa in the playoffs, which is amazing to say. What about Tampa, Joe? Playoff Lenny uh, says he's playing through a Liz Frank sprain, even though he hasn't been on the uh, the injury report. Ooh, that's that's kind of juicy. And let's see if the Bucks get any uh, any fine for that. Like the thing about the Buccaneers, though, you can kind of play both of their running backs. Leonard Fournette nine catches for ninety yards, seventy two yards on the ground. Rashad White has seven carries, but he catches four passes and scores a touchdown. Both of those guys are viable RB twos. Chris Godwin, eight catches for 63 yards. He continues to be Tom Brady's guy. 
Mike Evans, though, has been the biggest disappointment, one of the biggest disappointments in fantasy this year. Um, not sure how much Mike Evans will uh, will get done in this game. Now, of course, the big situation, though, and it is a huge loss for the Carolina Panthers, is the loss of cornerback J.C. Horn. And that's going to make – by the way, he plays everywhere. J.C. Horn um, plays inside. He plays outside. I mean, that is going to make them – it's going to hurt them against Evans. It's going to hurt them against Godwin. It's going to hurt them against everybody. Of course, the problem here is the pass protection. Tampa Bay could be down to its third-string left tackle after their backup Josh Wells tore his patellar tendon. Um, so that offensive line, which has been a problem since the onset for the Buccaneers, continues to be a problem against Brian Burns in this pass rush. Last but not least, Joe, Deshaun Watson and the Browns Ugh. against Carson Wentz and the Commanders. Wentz will get the start. We found that out this morning. Yeah, he will start. I think it was trending in that way. The struggles of HB Heineke, hospital ball Heineke in the red zone, I think have finally led them to do that. Wentz came in, in the, uh, after HB was benched in that game and uh, played pretty well. And Carson Wentz is the Curtis Samuel whisperer. Samuel, who's, who's done nothing for like two months, all of a sudden, Wentz comes into that game and Curtis Samuel is out there scoring touchdowns. I mean, it, it's really kind of amazing. Remember how... Remember in the first uh, three weeks of the season, eight catches, seven catches, seven catches for Samuel. And then with Heineke, he's had a one-catch game. He's had a zero-catch game, two-catch games. And then Wentz comes in and he scores his first touchdown since week nine. So uh, Curtis Samuel, maybe uh, maybe if you're really dying, I think this is more of a DFS play. I don't know I don't know if I'd be brave enough to pick him up and start him in a, in a redraft league. But he's a guy who can go out there and make an impact potentially this week. Now on the perimeter, I expect Denzel Ward to shadow Terry McLaurin. Number one, the thing that that brings to mind is Jahan Dotson's a baller, and Jahan Dotson probably will be popular for DFS this week. But Terry McLaurin is a shadow killer. Most of the commander's opponents have chosen to follow him around with their top corner this year. In the five highest route share shadows of the season, two of them by Fabian Moreau, one each by Jair Alexander, Darius Slay, and Stefan Gilmore, McLaurin has caught at least four, four balls on his primary defender, totaling 25 catches for 382 yards and two touchdowns on 33 targets. He is the anti-Amari Cooper. If you shadow Terry McLaurin, he's going to win. It doesn't mean you won't have some good reps against him, but Terry McLaurin is going to win in a shadow, and I think Denzel Ward will shadow him this week. What about Cleveland? I mean, last week, look, we know Watson's been terrible. Um, We know that there was obviously significant rust. He was atrocious last week. There was also terrible weather in that game. The one thing that stands out to me is what happened to the commanders last week, giving up six catches for 120 and two touchdowns to George Kittle. I think the number one receiver for the Browns this week is going to be David Njoku. And Amari Cooper, by the way, really struggles on the road. That's well pronounced. Um, so maybe he's somebody you take out of your lineup this week. But I think David Njoku is going to be the number one receiver for the Browns in this game. Interesting. 
Um, that'll do it for episode one of the show that's so nice. We do it twice. We got the late games to get to. Niners, Raiders, Jets, Seahawks, Vikings, Packers, among them. It'll be dropped in your podcast app shortly after midnight Thursday morning. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.